Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Osiris. All right, we're here. We are live. Brian's looking around to see if we're, we're here. Oh, we, we are here. Oh my god, <laughs> no, we're here. Not um, we're here. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is HF Pod. We are happy to be here on Friday afternoon, the Friday of a long weekend for everyone. Yeah, it's not just not just some people. It's for everybody. Nope. It's for all Americans, <laughs> except for those not Canadians. Who don't get that. Yeah. And and speaking of Canadians, Ryan Storm will not be blowing up the chat today because he's at summer camp, which is, is that like a that feature summer, now? Not that the, summer camp. Not that. Not summer that camp. one. Not his <laughs> usual summer camp. camp. He traded in like, one summer camp for another summer camp. We have to like make an announcement about he, whether he's going to be around or not. Now this is like a, a well, feature of the pod. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, what they say feature. He's right. just going based on the outline. Um. All right. <laughs> What's up, everybody? How you guys doing? Hello. Ted. Good. You Glad guys are this all week is over. You guys are all in your in your normal place, and I'm in a different place. But I'm I'm happy that we're all here because it's Friday afternoon. So here we are. Um, one thing I want to say is for our listeners, if you like what we do, you can support us by checking out Osiris Premium. Um, the last few episodes of HF Pod Premium have been really fun. We talked about books last week, which which actually sounds not fun at all now that I said it, but <laughs> We've also talked a lot about our favorite albums from these years that we're covering. So you can hear us talk a lot more nonsense if you want to help us help us do what we do. It's uh, it's uh, osirispod.com slash premium. Um, before we get into the nonsense talking before the episode, what did you guys think about the new From the Archives 102994 release? How, how do we feel about it? I love that show. Yeah, I'm of the mindset that that lead up to the Halloween '94 show. The there's um, 
Boone, North Carolina, 1026. Uh, Charlottesville, 1027, that Jonathan and RJ, we talked about maybe a year and a half ago. Uh, best excuse this show, for an encore ever. Best excuse for an encore ever. And in this <laughs> show, you know, there was um, there was a lot that drifted into my text threads about people being angry that this already has a soundboard release on it, which I get the anger. But have you listened to this release? Because from the, the multi-tracks oh my god truck for a live one i haven't listened yet because i oh my god preparing for today but i'm excited you are gonna love this you are gonna love this it is like it's like you put your headphones on and you put this on and you hear like oh there's fishmen over there and there's some tray and there's some piano and oh there's the crowd sprinkled in it's it sounds so good and it's one of those shows that like makes you realize that 1994 fish might have just been the greatest thing that's ever happened in music and in art and in American history. I don't know. You know, I may be hyper hyperbolic over here, but like, that's just how it makes you feel. Damn. I'm excited to listen back too, but you know, fall 94 is it's when it started for me. So I love it. I'm always happy when they release ever anything from that time. It's, it's extremely 94, you know, the whole thing. Oh yeah. Everything about it. Yeah, there's a lot of like weird little like 30 second jams that just go off the rails. I mean, I will say it's no 725.99, but it is really good. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Yeah. Well, don't worry. We won't have to ever talk about that show again. Um, <laughs> why 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 this show, guys? Why or, or make a make a pitch for 102994. Shit. Um you're going to make me pull up the set list because I haven't even looked at it. I've been so focused on doing good work for today. Um, I understand. You don't have it's to. A, it's, it's a maniacal show. Well, I feel like Brian just gave us an awful lot of effort on it. Um, it's it's kind of a wild show, right? Like they really, Quite. they really, like if, if Halloween didn't happen, we would probably have talked about this show more. Yeah. You know? Mm. Um, the, the first set is good, like really good. Um, quite big split open and melt. Right. Um, weird. My friend closes it out. Um, then like the second set down with disease into the man who stepped in yesterday, Alvaino, the man who stepped in yesterday into sparks into uncle Penn. You enjoy myself right in the middle of the set. Fishman segment, hold your head up, Mike, hold your head up. Yes. Antelope sleeping monkey antelope. That right there, by the way, is a keeper of a segment that makes the show worthwhile. The rest of it is also extremely good. And then um, for an encore, Harry Hood, Harry Hood. Why not? Night, fall 94, 94 Harry Hood. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's like they're good then. So good. <laughs> Among the best. I think it's also the, the disease is one of the early stretched yeah. out diseases. And, it, and it's it, a jam it, chart version. I mean, it's not yeah. super deep, but it yeah, it's got something going on. But it's from that era where for, for someone someone on this call, one of you really likes efficient jamming. I'm not going to name names. I don't want to point you out to the crowd or anything but one of you really likes efficient jamming and this disease is like an example of what fish could do in 1994 in 10 minutes which is like blow your brain apart and make you feel like you went through the wormhole that matthew mcconaughey went through which i think i've referenced now two episodes in a row but whatever i'm just going <laughs> to keep go. doing it um, but, they, but only they, like 10 minutes 
but they also have like this like mini seg fest in the first set. You know, I mentioned split, but it you know goes right into Buffalo Bill, right yeah. into Makasuba, right into Rift. What? I'll take it. Don't get me wrong. What? So it's it's awesome. <laughs> it's a great show. I'm I'm excited to hear these this upgraded recording. I Can I say one? Today. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Just one more thing is, and, I, and this is an interesting point that Jonathan made. If if Halloween didn't happen, we may be talking about this show more. The only pushback I would have is that this is the like classic night before the night type of show, where everyone is thinking mm. the crew, the band, the fan base is thinking, what are they going to play for Halloween? And the band is like, well, watch us Cheers. now. We're going to play an amazing show because those of you who showed up tonight, you're the real fans. That's the best. It's the best. It's my favorite. So I was just looking earlier and I listened to it in the car with my kids talking. So like, you know, not the most like, <laughs> ideal listening, listening environment. But, yeah. but, but it is, you know, like everything is so well played and, and the sound is great. Um, I was just looking earlier. So there's now there's nine fall 94 shows that have been released. Wow. Nine fall 95 shows that have been released. So nine. I wonder if there's like a balance we're looking at here. Seven, I think um, five, five or six from fall 96. So, you know, this, I wonder if there's like an effort to kind of keep the balance. Um, There's, you know, eight from fall 97. So kind of like the the same, um, you know, kind of the trying to keep it even. But, but I do, but I will say there's only three, I guess there's five, Fall 99s, but only two after September. And I just feel like Fall 99 wow. is so underrepresented in mm, totally. Live Fish. And I wonder if that was, I don't know. I feel like even the, you know, like the the good shows from December that we've all listened to on audience recordings, like they're not very, they don't sound very good. And I don't know, maybe that's like part of the deal. I don't know. I'm just, I just wonder why there haven't been more 99s. Maybe they're going to release all of 99 along with Big Cypress soon. Um, I know that everyone's waiting for that. It'll, it'll ship in a trunk. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this is, man, you, you must be podcasting for like 10 years because that's a really natural segue into today's show. Um, I was thinking really? about this actually, because I'm one week ahead of you guys, I've decided the 2000 mm. show and I listened to it today to confirm. I actually listened to two 2000 shows because I thought of one and then I was like, no, this isn't going to cut it. So I did another one. Anyway, the sound quality on those shows are not very good from an audience recording. And I kept thinking about how, do you remember when the uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, 1111 98 show was released a couple of years back? And there's a, yeah. um, uh, there's a gumbo like a th- yep. second song, 13 minute gumbo. And I remember when the show was released, I was like, well, it's the Haley's and what else? And then you listen to that gumbo in soundboard and you're like, holy mm. fuck, there's so much happening below the surface that I had no idea about. And I think a lot of these 99, 2000 shows are the same where if you got these in soundboard quality, that Raleigh yep. show, the tweezer, it's so much more powerful. 12, 1699. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think that's like those, those December 99 shows. I mean, a lot of them, there's like, you know, it's sort of trancy and whatever, but there's a lot there that I think if we could hear like the 12, 15, 99 show, like there, there are shows from, from Great 99 show. that I think would be, like you said, we would, I mean, that, that 12, 16 is a really good example of like, Just that's like one of the coolest of all, of all time. 
Just give me a big cypress. That stuff is all good. Yeah, people have said I'm not arguing against it. I'm just saying that like they should just give me big cypress. Some people, even, some people have even suggested we do a podcast about it, but that would be insane. That would be insane. One, uh, one Someone did a cool about podcast one show. about it. I don't know who it was though. I think yeah, it was I heard I think about it was thirteen. Um, <laughs> guys, <laughs> here we are. Isn't this great? Um, all right, what are we talking about? The hazy days of '99. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about July seventh, nineteen ninety-nine. Megan, this was your this was your pick. This is your baby. You have yeah. other babies, but but this is one of them. Yeah, this is one of them. This I felt like I really went out on a limb for this too. You know, I was I feel a lot of pressure when I have to pick the show because <laughs> you know I just I don't have the deep knowledge that you guys have, and so for me, I have to really I don't do. Think that's true. I don't think that's well, true either. Thank you, but I have different kind of knowledge. But I don't have the kind of you have a spiritual brain. knowledge that we couldn't even <laughs> imagine. There we go. There we go. Plus you were there, knowledge. right? Let's cut to the chase. I was there. I, mean. I was there. But you know what? It really was about Jonathan. Was I thought about like what do I love about '99? And I actually love that like looping, hypnotic, trancey, swampy places they would find themselves in and I yes. wanted to do a show yeah I wanted to do a show that wasn't on live fish so I was looking at like what is not on live fish that's like that and then I looked back and I was like what did I see in 99 and the only show I saw was this show July 7th 1999 and I looked at it again and I was like oh I remember this show this second set is amazing like this second set is like it's like a boat ride through like a psychedelic swamp. Like it's just so rich and weird and 99. And so I was like, I'm going to do this. And so I talked to my consultant and that's what I decided to do. So were they training us to handle swamps at this time? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was like a lead up. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, But the- also, yeah, it was my last show that I saw – I wasn't going to see fish again for 10 years. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Wow. It's really yeah, yeah. Uh, impor- inappropriate behavior. Um, I saw the yeah. three shows that followed this, uh, but not this one. And uh, they were all good. And I couldn't remember the last time I listened to this show, but I knew that it had to be good. And then I pulled it up and I was right. So, well, I was very relieved that everybody pick. felt okay about it. But, you know, it also has like a really fun sit-in that actually works. And I hate sit-ins. I feel like yeah. if they're going to be a sit-in, it has to be perfect. And this one is perfect. So yeah. I felt good about it. Perfect we'll song selection. That, perfect was, yeah, ex- material was right. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited to get to that. But yeah, I had only listened to this show once uh, before. And I, I'll be honest, like on paper, I was kind of like, it looks okay. Yeah. And then I started listening to it and as we're going to get into it, like there's just, there's so much here that, cause we're only a week into the 99 tour at this point in time mm-hmm. and, um, fish hasn't played together basically for six months, which is like the first time that that's ever happened in fish history. And Trey started his trio band. Um, I'll let Meg's corner handle the history of it, but, um, you know, ultimately you listen to this and it's just like sets the table for where the band is going. And it sounds like they're intentionally trying to push a new sound and new ideas towards the fan base really immediately. And mm-hmm. that like completely blew me away. Yeah. And I love that. It's got like so much, not so much, but it has a fair amount of the sick at disc on here. Like some of the songs that were actually going to, you know, few that have been played live. And I feel like that was so influential for them and for the next year, but I love that that was 
you know, you have this My Left Toe sandwich. It's just a cool show. Megan, what is what is happening with Fish in 1999? Okay, so for Meg's Corner today, in 1999, they're going to play like a little bit over 65 shows, which is kind of exactly what they did the year before. And like Brian mentioned, the first half of the year, Trey is forming the trio with Lawton and Tony Marcalis, and Gordon's going to be off making a movie. Um, which is interesting. Um, in June, they're going to release the Sicket Disc, their eighth studio album. And I love the Sicket Disc. I think it's so cool. And I feel like it's an album that they actually listen to themselves. They've talked about that, which I think is pretty cool. And it obviously influenced, I think, a lot of their playing in 99 and 2000. And like Brian mentioned, they don't play their first show until June 30th. Of course, they're going to have that warm-up show before um, – where Jim Carrey is going to come and sit in for them with some friends. Um, they're going to tour the month of July, basically, and then um, end at Camp Oswego Festival and then end the month in Japan playing at the Fuji Rock Festival. And I love, like, thinking back on these Japan shows because now there's like, there was, like, a rumor on Twitter that they were going to play Japan again. Did you guys see that? I didn't see it. Someone texted yeah. it to me, though. Yeah. I saw it, not on Twitter, and I laughed at it. Yeah, I know. I was like, mm, I don't see that happening. Um, then they're going to tour in the fall, the month of September. And then after that, they're going to be recording Farmhouse, Trey's Barn. And that they'll release the next year, obviously. Um, and then they'll tour in December again and end at Big Cypress, which is, you know, the biggest money-making event on the continent on New Year's Eve. And it's just so crazy. It's just to think that this year they're leading up to what is probably, I mean, I think it's probably one of the biggest musical accomplishments of any American rock band ever. And this is like leading up to that. And yeah, so it's a big year for them. Where were you guys all in your fish going careers at this time? Not you, Brian, sorry, not to exclude you, but just to, <laughs> just cause I don't want to put you on the spot, which I just already did. So I was not. <laughs> all right. Um, I, I saw, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I saw the most, it was one of the years that I saw the most shows. Wow. Um, I, I, again, I, as I said, I saw the like three shows immediately after this one that we're covering today. Yeah. So I saw Virginia beach, uh, Meriwether Camden. Then I saw the 1215, uh, in, show that rj mentioned earlier mm. in sky center i saw the hampton shows and then big cypress um nice. so it's one of my busier years of fish and uh yeah it was fun i did a lot of those shows with my wife we were not yet married but we have since become married and um <laughs> and that was pretty cool i think saying uh, wife is kind of implies that just hey, for just, future reference just saying. Well, you know, it's weird because like she's trying time, to set the timeline. My right. wife. Yeah. And we were dating and yet she still married me after going to these shows. <laughs> yeah. That says so a lot. You could have been married only for like a short period. Yes. And stayed married. So yeah. Good. There it is. Um, let's see. Uh yeah, I was kind of digging it. Uh I'd seen Trey early in the year. So I wanna I really want to talk about the the Trey tour because i always like to talk about that um trey anastasio acoustic and electric tour from the spring of 99 uh, because it was fucking awesome um i saw the 930 club show uh, where tom was at that show 
he they declared it trade declared it the drunken mayhem night because a lot of the shows had been <laughs> in theaters and this was in a club and so people were standing people were drinking it was rowdy um tom sat in with trey and they did a couple uh songs that uh to this day remain buried um and then the trio set was just awesome it was That's one so of cool. the best sets i've ever seen trey anastasia play um, wow it was yeah it was it's a legendary it's a legendary mm-hmm. set for sure um and i know they have soundboards and they should release that after they release insert list here um so uh that's where i was i was you know happily seeing them kind of semi-regularly for a minute there megan what where where what it, what was your journey yeah i was kind of like turning away from them, you know, I just wasn't seeing them as much. It's unclear if I really only did see one show, but that's the only show that I have the ticket for. And I really tried to be good about keeping my tickets, but, um, I barely remember this show. I was, I was super into raves. Um, I was into hip hop. That's what I was going to see mostly is hip hop and going to raves and dancing all night. And yeah, I just wasn't super into fish anymore. I I would go see them. Like if it kind of like the opportunity presented itself, but um, yeah, I didn't go to New Year's this year, which was like, I mean, it was in Florida, but it was the first year I hadn't gone to New Year's Eve fish in like three, four years. So yeah, it was, uh, it was like tides were changing for me. It was weird. A lot of my friends were too. We were all kind of like moving away. I don't know. How about you, RJ? Yeah. Yeah. Sort of similar. I mean, I, so I went to college in 97, as I've mentioned, probably with like a bunch of friends from high school. Cause I went to Ohio state. So like you go to a big school like that, or I did at least, and you, you, you go with your high school friends and, you know, so I had hung out with my high school friends for, you know, many, many years. And most of them were my friends since like fourth or fifth grade. So in 99, I was, I decided to do an internship in Washington, DC and I like signed up for this program, you know, it was like a presidential management internship program. I I don't know if it exists still, but I still don't really know what it meant, but I think I had to apply for it and (laughs) learn how to manage presidents. No, not at all. I I got a a job for this consulting firm that was based downtown on K street. And it was a bunch of former CIA people. And I was like researching random shit. Like the internet didn't really work. Like I didn't really do anything work-wise, but I ended up like living in like a high rise apartment in in like Springfield, Virginia, like with someone I'd never met. Like I was, it was basically the first time I had been away by myself, and I was like, "What the hell am I like doing here?" It was very confused. It was like a very confusing um, summer. But I went to see the Meriwether show and the Camden show with my my girlfriend at the time, who was from the DC area, and um, and then I saw those two Cincinnati shows in December. But that's all I saw in '99. So I was sort of like. It was a weird. It was a weird year of of fish for me. But Jonathan and I have have argued many times on this podcast about the about the Camden Jock Dust actually, and I think we um you know we won't we won't re argue about it today. But um one of one top top five jams of all time for me. But you know I walked you out. Of you there don't have to refuse tweezer. That. Oh, the tweezer is so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I, re- oh I remember God. the tweezer. Oh. I oh my god! The chalk dust. I mean, the chalk dust. I don't know what there is to it's argue fine. about personally, but um, I mean, when Trey just decides to be like, "Hey, I'm gonna be Robert Fripp for about three or four minutes, and I'm not gonna play a wrong note," and hey, it's still in chalk dust, and oh my god, we're gonna go into Roguet. But I know that Roguet is a tough topic here in this crowd as well. So, um, 
<laughs> but you go 20 thank you you go 20 minute ambient tweezer into um mountains in the mist like yeah come on. Yes, that's good oh my God. Yes, i have please. nothing i have no oh problem God. with the tweezer yes, i'm please. just saying right. that chalk dust is a top five for me Hold plus on. the birds of a feather nobody talks about it. it's like 14 and a half minutes and it's like everybody's oh, hung like, up on that chalk dust oh, like rises through this like groove and like they're like, completely locked in oh however we're here to talk about a different show <laughs> Are we? But I, I think we're going to let, isn't Brian supposed to give us our cultural, uh, oh gosh. Yeah, what was going on cultural in Cultural desk Brian? report. Well, y'all may remember if you um, have uh, listened to such episodes as last week's episode that I was <laughs> very angry about the state of pop culture in, um, yeah, Andrew, you're right. The gin was awesome. The I'm a man gin. Good job. We, well, we, good comment there. I like that. Um I was very angry about the state of pop culture at the end of 1998. And let me tell you, seven months later, it doesn't get much better. It actually, arguably, gets a lot worse, okay? <laughs> Can you put up the parental advisory uh, uh, Let's do it. B- uh, banner there, RJ? All right, where do you want me to start? TV, movies, or music? Because it all fucking sucks. Mm. Start with I movies. Mean, we could skip it. I think you just Why? covered it right there. That's actually true. Yeah, also, we does could, Woodstock '99 fit no, in anywhere I don't in here? Skip it. No, Woodstock I'd rather talk about Disney. that. Okay. Mm-mm. So the movies. There it is. <clears> number five, second. we've got. Um, this has an amazing cast, but it's a terrible movie. Liam Neeson, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Owen Wilson, Lily Taylor, Bruce Dern in *The Haunting*. Guess how? Uh, guess what percentage this uh, this is enjoyed on Rotten, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes? Just guess. What? Just throw out a number. Twenty-three. 17% of people enjoyed this movie. Damn, You're making, that's low. You just made this up, by the way. You just made up that movie, and I wouldn't have known either <laughs> way. Do you want me to play the trailer? I could do that. No. Uh, number four, the only Disney movie I've never seen, Tarzan. Uh, isn't isn't three, that a, like a Phil Collins thing? Didn't he write all the music to that? He did, yeah, the music. Yeah. Oh. I've never um, seen it either. But I just, I'm not, I don't know about you, Jonathan. I'm just not really into like colonial, you know, like white men center the story, like taming the, the, you know, stop. I'm just going to stop. Is it Brendan um, Fraser? No, that was real, <laughs> live action. That was real action. Okay. Um, All right. Cool. Cool. You're thinking number three, this was a movie that was very, very important to 1999, summer 99, Brian. But later in life, I realized I probably like that should just move on from it, which oh, is American right Pie. Up. Uh, oh come on! It's a classic. It's a classic. It is, oh, but like, so come on. I mean, I learned a lot well. from that movie. It no. just doesn't age very. It well. probably didn't age well. I, didn't, I haven't seen <laughs> no, it since. No, I'm sure it does but. not. Number two, another Adam Sandler slightly offensive movie here, Big Daddy, and number one for the fourth year in a row, I believe we have one man at the center of the Fourth of July movie breakout, which is don't say it. Wild Wild West. Oh shit. I thought you were going to say Adam Sandler. Not either. All right. This is the best. I have not seen any of these movies. Where I've do you guys want to go even, next? I didn't Music even think or they TV? Were all real. Let's, let's Brian could have made up all those movies TV. and I would have believed them. <laughs> yeah. All right. TV, we only have three selections here. You know why? Hmm. You know why? Red Ranger right. Strike? No. No. Because every goddamn American was watching the same fucking show six days a fucking week. In spots one through three, we have Who Wants to Be Mash. a Millionaire on multiple oh, days God, of the year. Oh, God, that's awful. Garbage. Number four, we have ER. And number five, we have I, I'd like to. I'd like to phone a friend. 
exactly. Great call here. Great call here, Brian. Sopranos came out in 99. That is not up for the domestic TV ratings because it's HBO. But yes, Mm. that is the greatest show of all time. Uh, And then music. (sighs) Oh, boy. We got one good band in here at least, but they're playing a terrible song. Uh, Number five, we have Whitney Houston's It's Not Right, but it's okay. But it's okay. Number four. This was the song of summer 99. I know RJ had this on a couple of mixtapes. This is Ricky Martin's Livin' La Vida Loca. Oh, ouch. Number three. Number three. Pearl Jam. Last kiss. Number two. This is a slightly inoffensive song right here. Destiny's Child's Bills, Bills, Bills. Get the fuck out of here. Just stop this. Number one, you don't like girl bands, Brian. Beyonce. I like girl bands, but I'm just I'm not into. Uh, no, number bills, one, bills, Je- bills. Jennifer Lopez. If you had my love, it was it was a time when I realized, oh my mm. god, Jennifer Lopez does more than just act. And uh, future, marry Ben Affleck. She she also writes songs I don't really enjoy. Also, all that stuff's made up. Does she congratulations? Write Everything I just said. Yeah. It was a real thing that millions of Americans were into. And it just, the beauty of this, the counterculture still existed. We had fish and we had zony, drony, blissed out, and ambient, ambient, ambient fish to rely on to go back yeah. to and be like, oh my God, this is amazing. I just want to shout out the folks in the chat who are battling it out over the merits of Lucas <laughs> Philbin, who I love. He and was funny. I used to watch his morning show. Regis. He didn't become like Regis a. He didn't Kelly become a. He didn't become a weird mega guy, right? That was someone else. Uh, no, I hope not. I don't think so. No, um, he's kind of charming, wasn't he? Did he get he, canceled? He was, I have yeah. no idea. No, I don't think he got canceled. I don't think so. I think you know who got canceled recently. You guys know who got canceled recently? This red. We can mm. talk about it in the in the in the post game. We're still in the, the advisory segment. You can talk yeah, about we- this. Well, there's been a lot of chatter about. <laughs> sorry, I don't know why I'm bringing this up because I had a conversation with someone about it earlier. So apparently, did you guys hear about the controversy with Marcus King? No. No. So, I know his wife yeah, is. Yeah, but yeah. So he married. Like, right? We should, we should not say. It. Just we keep just moving. Move on. Anyway, there was there was something that happened that I didn't know anything about until this Google week. that, so, y'all. All right, yeah, it's weird. Um, okay, so Megan, how about those monochrome ties? All right, go on. Yeah, God bless Regis Philbin. Uh, Regis, Can we talk about this great American. Fine. Um, this Brian, you were talking about this before we started, but this is a real, real druggy back on the train opener. It just. It just feels like drugs, you know. <laughs> There's like yeah, it's, it's so... trancy. I think you were having a flashback, dude. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I was. Yeah, we should. Meg, can you can you run through the set list and then we'll we'll yeah. dive into this because I have thoughts about the way that this show opens up. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. So set one is back on the train. What's the use? Billy breathes. My mind got a mind of its own. Into sneaking Sally through the alley. Axilla into rift. Wolfman's brother into maze, ending with loving cup. So, 
I found the show really interesting to get into because almost no one applauds for the first three to four songs. And it's like, it's fascinating that the band is like right out the gates. Like this is the third back on the train ever. And it starts with just the drums and then it goes into the chugal groove and then the lyrics. You would imagine most people in the audience have no idea what this song is because the first version was played a week ago. So who knows if the tapes are catching up and then what's the use people are applauding because it sounds for a second, like 2001. Mm-hmm. And the song nobody knows and then billy breathes is a ballad like in that third slot it's just like it's just kind of an odd spot to put that song even though it's very beautiful um but it's like you you talk about drugs i feel like this is scattered throughout about drugs. I mean, you, you feel like um I feel in a sense like this is something that was a theme throughout 99 and 2000 was the band was trying to set a mood and almost didn't Mm. care about the energy out the gates in some situations. They just wanted to set the zone and, and, you know, ease their way into the show. And so like you get this very slow shuffles, like slow boogie to the, the back on the train. I really like this, this, this way it's played. We were saying this before we went live, like, the song hasn't really changed in 20 years, but it almost feels like it's a completely different song now just because it always starts with Trey's guitar versus Fishman's drums. Um, and then what's the use? I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. And for that to be played while the sun is out, it defies logic, but sometimes logic must be defied. So I look at, I'm going to skip over back on the train because I don't disagree with most of what you said there. So I, I love it. Most. I think it's swampy. Some of us <laughs> the other parts the, will be addressed saw the Trey tour, like knew that song, but Fair it wasn't point. everybody because he was playing small venues and some people didn't think it was, oh, didn't go. I don't know why. I thought it was like, well, Jerry Band was worth seeing when the dead were worth seeing. You know, so we go to both and I was right. Um, but what's the use originally? to me and still to this day sounds really like um it sounds like when they on the record it sounds like they captured the sound of audio through a large pa reaching through space in humid air it smells it smells it feels like hot humid summer day yes in north carolina and yes. and here we are in Charlotte, North Carolina, you know, second song in the set. That is exactly what you must have had on July 7th. It had to have been hot without looking it up. It was stormy. It was, it was rainy and stormy too. There you go. Uh, so the, the guitar leads like slide through that humid air into your brain. And, uh, yeah, Andrew says humidity helps sustain. I believe that completely. Mm-hmm. Um, it humid. I, I actually, I aspired to look up research about sound traveling through humidity, but then I didn't. So somebody, somebody looked that <laughs> up and come back to us with some data. Um, I think it's perfect, and yes, I agree that it was probably lost initially on a lot of the audience, um, but it conveys well on this tape it's, yeah. I, I love Billy Breeze I think the call for that in the third slot is a little puzzling but clearly 
they're in their own head. They yeah. being maybe Trey, yeah. the old band, they're doing, they're, they're laying out what they want to hear, what they want to play. And uh, it's either, you know, you're on the bus or off the bus, I guess. Yeah. And I think that that's what's like, when I first looked at this show, I was like, oh, this breaks my cardinal rule of flow because the first set, it doesn't flow perfectly. But if, when you listen to it and think about like what we're talking about now and just this, like you were saying, Brian, this vibe that they were setting down and like you're saying, Jonathan, an intention to play whatever the fuck you want. That's when this band does the best. And I think that this is a space where, yeah, it's, it's bright outside, but it's like hot summer day and they're going to play these three songs that don't really make sense together. But when you listen to it, it kind of gets you in this like unsettled mood. Like I would do anything to go back and find out what I felt like in that moment because it just must have been so like unsettling to hear these songs played in this order at the beginning of a show. It's just, it's so unique. And now I think this version of What's the Use, like now when I hear What's the Use, it's like the most gorgeous music ever. But here it's like eerie and it's like spooky and and just kind of creepy. Um, it's interesting. It sounds different. I like I like the spooky. Yeah. I was thinking good. during the start of this, like we were talking last week about um, you know, the the band has been evolving throughout late 96, 97, 98. And it's almost like their their songs have fully caught up to the evolution. And now their songs sound like the way that they've been jamming. And so like mm. it's a struggle. like what's the use could have been plucked out of four minutes of the Nassau Roses are free. Like there's no, there's nothing that contains that riff. So don't come at me, you know, with your Brian said that the what's the use is in the Nassau Roses are free. Cause I didn't just say that, but you know what I mean? Like the vibe could be mm-hmm. plucked out of that type of jam and then it's placed into a song. And now they're playing that as like confined spaces. What are your thoughts on all this, RJ? Thank you so much for asking, Brian. Um, I mean, is there is there a more ninety nine call than what's the use in the two slot? Really, it's like <laughs> right. totally, you know, totally. it just it just fits this vibe so well. I do think this first set is a little uh, as well. I don't, Jonathan, you said it about uh, Billy Breeze. I, I felt it about like the first half of the set. It was a little puzzling, and but definitely like we don't really care. <laughs> We're just gonna do what we want to do. You know, and Megan, I think two weeks ago when we talked about 97, you met, you mentioned like 97. Now, when you hear it, you hear like the darkness of the, the, the era coming in. This is when like 99 is when I hear it. And it's like, it really shines through. Not like 2003 and 2004 when it's like at the forefront here to me, it's like really, you know, like they don't really give a shit. They're just, they're just playing. And I think that we see that in like, it 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 it's very like polarizing i think in just in terms of how the shows develop it's either like they're they just do what they want to do and i think it is awesome at times and then at times it's just sort of like what the hell's going on here i think the yeah. lead up to big cypress the last i don't know month up to big cypress is kind of perfect but this summer is a little bit like they're just sort of doing whatever they want and i i think most fans are are on the ride, you know, but I do think there are some like puzzling calls, but they don't really seem to be worried about like setless flow or what, you know, they're just, they're just trying to, they're just trying to do what they want. I would argue that they've, they're, (laughs) it's consistent with how they've always done it. It's just that 
their vibe is different. True. Our vibe was True. different. And, you know, I think something I said in when we were doing 1995, which is that they were very in touch with the audience vibe in the 90s yeah. and 1.0. And the audience vibe was darker. True. It was really dark. Um, the lots yeah. were shadier. Yeah. Uh, there was, you know, stuff going on that wasn't chill. Wasn't but I do think great. I think you're right, Jonathan. But I think like Trey talked about this in our Undermine interview, uh, the '97 interview, where he was like, in '92, '93, they were very, um, the audience was at the center of this. Like, we're going to take you on an adventure that no other band can do. And I, I think this, I think '99 was a little more like self-centered, you know. Like and and I don't and I don't think that's necessarily a I've bad thing. Never heard somebody suggest that drugs make one self-centered before. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I'm going to take I, a note and see if we can find cross-reference that with just, other. You know, yeah, if we can do some, some research, you know. Mm-hmm. I think I think you're right, RJ. I feel like there is a marked shift from yeah. even seven months earlier when we listened to the Worcester show. That sounds like the same band who has been playing who we've been talking about. Like they've, they've gone, they've undergo uh, undergone a, a very significant evolution. This does feel like the first time where there's almost a lack of care about mm-hmm. how the show is going to impact. Like there's less of a, a desire to please people rather than to please themselves, mm. which is why, as we're going to get into with the second set, um, it kind of just like, it, it kind of just unfolds. And there's no rush and there's no desire to like, aside from two very significant moments, there's no real desire to like peak the energy. It's almost just like, let's just see like how the, the jams evolve. Let's not, let's just take our time with this. And that happens a lot through the tour, like, um, seven thirteen, the great Woods show seven fifteen, that second set with the crazy meat stick. That's 20 minutes long and the giant split open and melt aspects of as we go, the Alpine Valley show. You know, these are shows that like they're almost playing as if they're playing to no one and just trying mm-hmm. to, you know, capitalize on on what they feel in the moment. I do think like the one moment in this first set that we should really center on for a couple minutes is the my sound. mind's got a mind of oh its own, God. right? <laughs> yes, of course. I know. The I feel like that song. part, the bluegrass song, they're like, and now we just play a bluegrass song because like that's what we do, right? It just doesn't make any sense in a set at all. It's but so then, great. Yeah. What are you kidding? This is like they needed this so badly. I want to get to what Brian, he's over there, yeah. what Brian wants to talk about. But, you know, I, I completely disagree with you. This is after, yes. after those, the chugal, what's the use? Billy breathes, everything is down, everything is chill, and suddenly a laugh, a little up tempo, bing, energy shot. And now, Sally. I mean, this is so good. First since Halloween, so a significant gap on the Sally. Uh, I, I just, I mean, <laughs> I just wrote sirens and booming mic, and we are in the middle of the 99 2000 groove. Like, you have everything here within this jam. And the, the chord that Trey keeps hitting is the most hypnotic shit that I've heard in like six hours. And oh my God, I was totally taken by it. It's, yeah, the jam like yeah. launches off into this like repetitive riff and Mike is just like playing above it and he's just like slapping his bass. I mean, and then it's just like that funky space dance groove. It's just, 
I know that I was losing my mind during this because this is like one of my all-time favorite covers. And this version, it just, it hits really, really, really good. And then it like fades out and it gets super quiet and the crowd is clapping. Like there's, that doesn't happen a lot at fish shows in 99. Like it just sounds awesome. It's a really great moment. It's so sleazy, you know, yeah. like in the best way. It's like the just what it Sally's just, about. It, it fit. It fits so perfectly in this. So like good. it just. It's like you said, Jonathan. It just is like a perfect. And you know, they needed. It's like a, you know, and for those of us who are baseball fans, it's like you know, it's like sometimes you just need a base hit, you know, and you, you just need like to, you just need to get on base. And they just like this is like a. It, it was kind of like a. A double, you know, but but it was really um, it fit perfectly, fit the vibe. Mm-hmm. Perfectly. Yeah. And, and, really sorry, yeah, I mean, this, before you, is, let me just say okay. one more thing. Sorry, just about the the like one thing I'm learning from this series, and we've all listened to so many fish shows for so many years, is how they've like adapted these songs to the era. You know, like yeah, we talked about 2001, like being it's been around since. 93 and then in 90 like 7 98 it starts to like fit you know like i feel like sneak and sally same thing it's like 98 99 it's like this is like so perfect for for this era and i think that keeps happening and i think it's it's a good reason to keep a lot of covers in your repertoire because they can like they they're they're a little more malleable than than originals in some ways i think um i don't know that's so yes, true. especially yeah. when they're songs that have been through a few hands um, and we'll touch on 2001 again soon. But yeah, I think this Sally is just exactly what the dance dancers needed. The band was, you know, maybe they came out with a plan or something and they did did that. And then we're like, all right, now we got to Let's just do this. And and it's great. It's an absolute like all timer kind of version. Mm-hmm. Great throwdown. Uh, you get the uh, the the jam loop that Trey liked to throw on '99, and yeah, it's just so fun. It kind of showcases like we've talked about this a few times, and this is going to increasingly become more of a theme as the band evolves. But just the impact of technology, and like those sirens were around in '97 and '98, but they're like the centerpiece at this point in time. And when Trey goes to throw down a loop, like he's he he's almost thinking based on i mean this is you know the 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 band has changed their stage setup so mike and fishman are the center of the stage at this point in time trays off to the side page was off to the side in his same spot but you know you get the sense of the entire band revolves around the rhythm right now and trey thinks about mm-hmm. himself less as the lead of this band which he'll defy that intention three days later when they play the incredible camden chalk dust a top five jam of all time some people would say um and <laughs> i have the list if anyone wants the list just let me know i have the list i, I want the list i think we should do the list when we're done yeah with, with, with this whole series just go back through it all but um you know for the for the majority of these jams, his goal is rhythm. His goal is kind of setting atmosphere, setting tone, rather than being up and up front and center. Mike, more than almost any other period in fish history, is the center of fish right now. Oh, definitely, especially in set two. Especially, what else we got to say about set one? I have one more thing I'd like to say. Uh, the Wolfman's yeah. is groovy. 
Uh, I really like this Wolfman's um, and I like the way it kind of grooves down into what becomes maze. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's a better transition than you might get looking at it on paper on uh, fish.net with it's uh, just bracket arrow, not line arrow or whatever those are supposed to mean. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, that's kind of a, a keeper. Thank you to our friends at fish.net for all you do. Yeah. Oh, we have to it. talk about this axilla too, because. Oh yeah, that's the thing. The ending, right? Well. Talk about it, John. Yes and no. There was a question. Axilla two. We have to talk about this axilla two. Was a good good play on words there, Megan. Yeah. Ah. Axilla. Um. Two. Yeah. So this is when they brought back axilla one and dumped axilla two. They included the ending, and so there was some discussion amongst ourselves about when did they start doing that, and it seems they. Pretty much have always done this since they brought it back in what ninety five, or they haven't always talked on the two ending or regularly. Clearly, there Um, somebody else needs to undertake the project. Uh, Maybe attendance bias, Brian, out there. I see you there, friend, in the chat. Um, To listen to every axilla since twelve thirty one ninety five and note whether it has the axilla two ending or not. Because it would be cool if it were on fish.net and annotated, but I'm not going to ask oh, those okay. guys to do that work. They do plenty of work. So somebody else ought to provide that data to them. And maybe some one of you fine listeners out there, if Brian's not going to do it. I can find out if it exists. It might be in a spreadsheet somewhere. Anyway, great point. Somebody ought to do it. Somebody should do it. If it's not there. If it's I on like a spreadsheet. delegation. Jonathan. Get it, get it on there. Yeah, well, I'm not doing it. Great <laughs> delegation. It'd be right. helpful information, is all we're saying. I'm great um, at leading only, a team, but don't ask me to do things. I will say, um, and I just checked this: the, the loving cup, loving cup closes set one, which on paper you'd be like, okay, whatever. Loving cup has been played 146 times. It's only closed set one 14 times, which is pretty wild. This version. You've got these kind of like drony, ragey peaks from Trey. It's a little bit different from just your typical shred it, try to recreate the Rolling Stones vibe. It's, <clears throat> I guess it is more in the vibe of when Loving Cup was recorded, but uh, less barroom, less Americana, more let's mm-hmm. add some soundscapes to this peak. It's a very cool version that I, I, I would encourage people to check out. Sounds great. And I love this ending the first set. Like it's such a good exclamation point. It's I like it better than the encore. I like it when songs that close shows normally are not in that slot. Put them in other slots. It Mm -hmm. breaks up expectations. You guys really, I was, I was attempting to make the segue. Speaking of ending the first set, let's take a quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Megan, can I can we have a serious conversation right now about this eight minutes of noise that leads into 2001 and whether yes. Just, yes. I know there's gonna okay here here like I'm you know I'm an experimental music person. Let me just Are put you? that out there. 
What am I not? Okay. Okay. You, you are. are. Go ahead. You're about ahead to complain about eight minutes of noise. Go, go on. Experimental music Me fan. Too. <laughs> I'm just saying, let's just say that there's eight minutes of noise before this, the start of 2001. This is not noise. If no, you want noise, I got some links to send you, dude. I got plenty, it's, dude. I got I have okay. so many links. Believe me, I don't need more links. But <laughs> this is this is the enter entry to the swamp, RJ. This is like I understand. You know, you know how when you like go to shows and like the first set, you know, like it's bright and like everything seems kind of normal and okay, and then like set break happens and you're like, okay, I'm gonna survive. It's okay. And then set two drops, and all of a sudden it's dark out, and you are like fucked up, and you're like, "What's happening? Where are we?" Like that's what this is. They're they're like never had that experience. I've heard of people apparently people have had that happen, but like this is like what they're doing. They're like putting you on the raft and like sending you off the bank, you know, and you're like going down this like like river with like swamp and like moss on the banks, and you're like. You know, mist like, everywhere so you yeah. can't really see that far. well can it's i like just ask my question it's like birds but i'm still i'm still setting the stage rj it's for like my birds <laughs> she has eight lines. minutes i have eight minutes and i'm just gonna like play it out it's i'm listening to it right now going. like love like it's just all the vines are hanging down and you're like moving them out of your way as you're like going down this raft you don't know even where you're going it's just it's fucking perfect and then when it drops right. into 2001 you are like Oh my God, I'm I'm here. This is where I'm meant to be. I'm gonna dance my ass off. And like I have just I am sweating. I'm not wearing a lot of clothes. It's the summer. I'm young. It's 1999. I'm yes, yes. This is perfect. This is actually why I picked this show. Or okay. it's the heads up, shows st- set starting, get back to your seat. We'll wait. I guess I will. I guess I will not eat. I guess I will not. No, let's hear it. I will not ask my question. Um, Okay, what's your question, RJ? To to Brian's to try the eight ten ninety seven Bowie from Deer Creek eight plus minute intro. I was there. That was great. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not. I'm just. I went. How did that version compare to the Alpine twenty two version you saw? (laughs) Was it as good? I mean, I, told, I already said what I what I think online. I'll, I'll say it again. The <laughs> Alpine 22 might have been the best Bowie I've ever seen. Might have, might have. Eight ten ninety seven would be number two or number one, depending on how depending on how I feel at the time. Okay, I've seen Animal Collective. All right, like I've you know okay. like let's just like I'm just I don't want you guys trying to tell I me that I don't it. know what noise music is, and I don't need any more links. What I'm, my question is is this eight is this eight minutes of noise? Does it, is it additive? Is it detracting or is it neutral in the, in the 22 whatever minutes of this 2001? Additive. I think it depends on your, on how you feel about listening to 99 fish. For me, Mm. if I go to 1999 fish, I'm expecting this sort of stuff. I want this. Like one of my favorite shows from 99 is 10999. The majority of that show are drone swell intros and outros like yes. they kind of play songs every so often but like the majority of that show yes. is them just being like here's a bunch of sirens and swampy vibes i like that and i like similar to how i like 2.0 fish i like that this sort of sound is isolated to an era where you can go 
listen to it, but then you could step out and you could go back to 1029.94 and hear this fish that's hyper efficient and very fast and has no time for these types of segments of music or 20, 21, 22, 23 fish where they're playing it really long jams and there's a ton in there. To me, 99 is all about that. Just like there's a lot of pressure on these guys right now, but there's also still like no real eyes on them as is evidenced by the terrible pop culture list I shared uh, midway <laughs> through this episode. Um, and so they can kind of do whatever they want. And, you know, that's, that's got, it, it's almost to equate this, you equated it to baseball earlier. I almost equate this to like when an NBA player scores like 65 plus points in a game. Like once you get above 50, you're just like, pulling out your dick and being like, look at that, look at that. You know, like that's, that's what you're doing at that point in time. And that's kind of what fish that's is doing right now no. is they're just you're, being you're like, actually making RJ's case. <laughs> they're just kind of being like, look at us. Like, this is who we are and we can do whatever we want right now. Well, okay. Here's, okay that's me, what you want to see. I think this is a, I think this is a slightly lazy noise intro. I think that I think that building intentionally using layers to build like an eight minute soundscape, like listen to listen to my bloody Valentine (laughs) and any ever. But they're channeling that. They are, but it's it's this to me comes across as I don't really care what you think as an audience member. I think this is Okay, um, I'm, I, I, I find it to be a little thin. Page leans, start goes into the fender roads, and he's doing some nice. I find it disrespectful. Melodic playing as everybody else is building uh, swells of noise, and now we're uh, about five minutes in, and it's building tension. Building yes. tension. I don't know what your book you're reading, bookie guy you are that you know we were supposed to be listening to this. This is intense. This is great, okay. and. And it's gonna That's fine drop. I'm just telling you, I don't think it, it is. It, uh, I, I think you've missed the boat on a really. That's well, fun. One thing boat. I will say. One That's thing fun. I will say, just to add on to this. Um, this this is making me think about. I, I went and saw 2001 in the theaters about a month ago. Side note: It was like one of the greatest experiences of my entire life. Like that movie is meant <laughs> to be seen on the big screen. Um, but my wife and I were talking on the way out of the movie, and sh- and. I don't want to call her out here, but like, I think I'm going to back her up by what I'm saying. She said, um, uh, was I supposed to get that or was I supposed to just enjoy it? And I was like, kind of both. Like there's a lot to get in that movie, but there's also a lot to just be like, Oh my God, this is the most gorgeous movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, how did he do this in 1969? The music accompanies it perfectly. The set design is is absolutely beautiful. Like every movement is like perfectly thought through. And there's like full scenes in that movie. There's one scene that just like tracks the spaceship for like six and a half minutes and nothing else happens. And you're just supposed to be like, that looks like a spaceship in outer space. How did you do this, Stanley? And it's him kind of just being like, I can do it. So I'm just going to do it. Um, I also want to add that at this point, it's six, almost just about seven minutes in. It's crazy tension. It's non-melodic, but it's definitely tension. And the audience goes to Brian's comments earlier. The audience is going deep shit. 
people you can hear on from the crowd are yelling and screaming and freaking out because it's madness. And I do um, remember that. I do remember the lawn when that when that broke. I do remember that. I was on the lawn. It was insane. I mean, people were losing their minds when that broke. When that like just drops into 2001, it it's like yeah, that's a moment that they're building up towards. That's, that's RJ, that's rock and roll. Come on. Hey, I'm not saying it's not my rock and roll. Okay, first of all, it's harder to do that than to play a bunch of notes quickly in succession. It's way harder. And I think some of the the mm-hmm. bands that I love a lot that are playing a lot right now can't do that. Like it's hard it's hard to keep Yeah. It's hard to build and keep attention with quiet and with space. I mean, like think about Jack Johnson, like, you know, Miles Davis or on the corner or something like that in a silent way. So any of those, th- that's like a masterclass in how you build energy through silence. But I just think there are, there's some examples in 99 and 2000 that there, there's just, I just think it's like a little bit, I think it's a little long. I think there's like not as much going on as I want to go on for too long. That's all. I don't think you're wrong. Fair, I think yeah. that, that I think they're just wrong. like, <laughs> I, think I mean, I'm here for it. I just opinion, think, but I think he's wrong. I just think that they're they're at a point where they're they want to just kind of play without any sort of urgency, and that's what's happening. And it's it's awesome that it's isolated here. Um, this version also, there's like a subtle. Show, by the way, this is true. Uh, there's like a subtle groove shift around uh, 15 minutes that just like for me as I was listening to this, like it just kind of showcases the prowess of this song throughout 99, 2000. Like mm-hmm. yes. we talked a lot about it last week, like 98 is where like 2001 becomes 2001. There's some great versions, great, great versions from 97. Don't, don't get me wrong. But like 98, once like they kind of gloss over the funk and there's more space and there's more yeah. uh, ambient music or ambient music or ambient music, I don't know, uh, that, that fuses in like 2001 suddenly sounds more at home. And then in 99, like you have this version, you've got the Memphis version, um, you have, there's a really good version from Philadelphia. There's a version at Sunrise at Big Cypress, which is so cool. 2000 has a bunch of really good versions. Like 2001 kind of defines the fact that this band is just going to allow like drone space to lead them into whatever the next chapter of their career is. And it does often make me, we'll talk about this a bit next week, but it does often make me wonder like what would have happened to fish if they hadn't taken a break in 2000. And this was the sound that guided them forward rather than it just like is a hard stop before they move into a very different sound um, upon returning from hiatus. Do you have any other questions to ask about space time continuum, RJ? <laughs> no, I just, I mean, I just wanted to have a conversation. I know that's like, I think it's a good off, conversation. Off limits no, in, this, in this forum to uh, discuss nonsense, but I think the beauty you know, of fish is of, of podcasting is you can't have conversations. It's you know? not mm-hmm. saying, you know, not having a conversation. If we say you're wrong, it's not that it's not a conversation. Just, Should we go we to Twitter to Spaces agree. for this? We agree with be you. That be, we would have been done with this topic ages ago. We'd already be on you enjoy myself. But Can I just don't. say one more thing about the second set? Of course. You could say, you can say many more. more things. Yeah. We're my, left, my, my left toe is for, is for stats people. Oh, oh, stop it. Stop saying, it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Is, Get out of here. No. What? Done. We're done. It's over. What? There's no conversation.
This stop we it. cannot get behind. Stop it. Just Wait, stop it. Let's, let's back up. In 1999, no. In Nobody kept stats in 1999. Two, at least I didn't. That, that's not true. Uh, yeah. In Come 2020, on. whatever this is, yeah, sure. They've only ever played it in 1999. Well, yeah. exactly. Yeah, which is why it's times. a. I think it's. It the has the. Four it has a rare. Time. It has like a rare, a rare gem quality, you know, which is fine. But like. It's gorgeous. It is so. It's so it's, pretty. Come oh, on. It like pulses and the reverb just builds and builds. It's just. Maybe if we get a soundboard, we'll know for moving. sure. I agree. I think it'd be amazing, but it's like so perfect here. It just comes out of that downward disease peak, which is just like amazing. And then it just, you hear this like quiet, like it's so good. And then into waiting. I mean, come on. It's beautiful. Well, and you also get Trey just really channeling feedback. Um, I mean, for me, there's a version that's very close to my heart, but we only have one soundboard release of My Left Toe, and that's um, the 721.99, the Mike's Simple into My Left Toe uh, into Caspian that was uh, an add-on to the Burgettstown 98 release. We we did hear the 725.99 version uh, from the from the archives from Curveball when Kevin Shapiro graced us with the From the Archives even after the festival was canceled. And they did My Friend, My Friend, My Left Toe, Whipping Post, which is one of my favorite segments of music the band uh. has ever played. But this like... I can't believe I led you straight into a 725.99 plug. You didn't even see <laughs> yeah. it. You didn't even see it. Um, I don't know. I love this. I'm, I, I get it. Everyone's entitled to their own opinions and you may have an opinion that doesn't allow you to enjoy this song. And so in that case, I'm sorry, that's, but, that's um, no, it's fine. It's totally fine. And sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to stop talking now because everyone's mad at me, but Brian <laughs> from attendance bias said that I just spent all the goodwill I gained from that extended space conversation. And Brian, thank you for, for saying that. But, um, if I was, if I was, you know, Mark, if I was bargaining with, with goodwill, I would have, this podcast would have ended years ago. So yeah, I didn't even know I had any. <laughs> I, I, I will say just, um, well, I do wonder what people thought of my left toe at the time, because where it's placed here, disease is very straightforward type one, but then it kind of fades into my left toe. So you, Megan, you talk about the sensation of like, it's set to, it's really dark. They've played this, some would say too long intro to 2001. So like you're, you're, you're already, your, your sensation of like what you're supposed to, like where you are, like where your headspace is, is already just like drifting away. And they drop into this eight minute, seven, eight minute long droney, beautiful, absolutely gorgeous ambient jam out of down with disease and then into waiting in the velvet sea i've got to imagine a bunch of people just wrote like down with disease into jam yeah like that's, oh, that's or how i imagine people. into velvet sea absolutely or, or that yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. they just thought it was just like disease was finished and then there was a jam onto mm-hmm. it but um it, it's interesting this is our third show that we've done in a row that has a waiting in the velvet sea and i mean it's still as beautiful as it was the first time we did it but like it's quiet it, it's 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 wild how like soft it is around the edges now. Yeah. Um, like 97's version starts with the sirens and the sirens are kind of gone at this point. It's really just about Paige and it's about Trey's solo. It's kind of 
this and bug are Trey's like big shiny mm-hmm. moments in, in the overall set, which is really wild and probably why a lot of people don't totally return to the show because the middle part of the set is quiet contemplative, but I don't know. I loved it. That's, I mean, clearly that's where they were coming into this show, right? I mean, we can look at the set uh, sound check and it's pretty standard getting ready for the encore sleep played electric though. That's kind of cool. But um, yeah, after this big 2001 down with disease, as you say, Brian is pretty straight ahead. The peak on it is immaculate though. So yeah, it's like, don't skip so it. Good. It's so good. It feels really great, even though it's just a, like 11 minute disease. And then, yeah, we get this just gorgeous segment of RJ's pressing skip into uh, waiting in the velvet sea and RJ pressing skip into bug. Um, <laughs> it's just amazing. I, I really love it. And, um, and Andrew in the chat says quiet and contemplative works better on re-listen from home. And maybe it does. It depends on how you rock your shows, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think that's a fair point because I think that there are moments that like I've been to at a fish show where I just didn't get until I re-listened to it at home. Um, and I think that there were probably a lot of people, I don't want to speak for anyone. I mean, I haven't even pulled up like the reviews for this. I'm sure that they're horrible. Right. Um, but like they're mixed. Are they? Yeah. Like some people are like, this is the, most people are like, this is a little secret show that like, you know, people don't talk about enough, but it's, it's great ambient stuff. But then some people are like, this is the worst fish show I've ever seen. But those people need you know, a job I, more. Yeah. I really, years. I really would do anything, and I know I've already said this, but I would do anything to know, like, what I felt like in the moment. I wish I had remembered the show more because, like, it is such a vibe. But I think all the calls in this whole second set are absolutely perfect. Like, going from from wading back into toe, which is so, like, barely there and quiet, perfect. and then Bug just, like, creeps out of it. Like, it's so – and this song, which is, like, I don't know, just, like, a giant hug, and Trey's solo at the end is so muted and veiled. It's, like – it's just really perfect. And I think it fits the whole, like, I think the whole second set is just like one long journey down that river and it, everything just seems to like land perfectly into this yam, which is just absolutely incredible. I ask another question. Um, what did waiting? So I have like a, a, I feel like my emotional attachment to waiting came in at Coventry and then like, yeah, in 2010 Uh, when I I saw it after, you know, like people didn't like it. Yeah, I was wondering, did it have an emotional like um, weight for people at that time, or or did that come later? It did for me, but that's just because the song, like what the song is about, was like something I related to like so much at the time right, in then. my life. So yeah, this song like has always, I think it's one of Fish's best songs I've ever written. I mean, the yeah. lyrics are unbelievable. Yeah. It's yeah. so truly beautiful, and I remember this song has always brought me close to tears, if not tears, in sh- in a show and. I think it's just, yeah, even back then, it's tremendous. But at the same time, I know people who were seeing them and would call it, uh, you know, Velveeta or whatever. And right. Velvet cheese or, you know, they <sighs> did not, not sentimental, like this song. I guess. I, it, was a very, it was a very easy song to get into, like, when I was first getting into Fish and then very quickly learning that most Fish fans hated it. So you've got to just, like put your head down and hate it too. And then, yeah, I was at Coventry and like <laughs> lost my mind, um, you know, because it was just. I mean, it's possibly like, the saddest moment in fish history. 
without question. Yes. Oh, Let's for move sure on. is. Yeah. Um, I, I just think it's like it's this is, but it's beautiful. This is a good. It's a nice, beautiful version, and and this this whole set does have a, like a sentimental feel to it yeah. at least at least after down with disease and i do wonder like how much of that was just them again like we said earlier just kind of having fun versus you know anything intentional i think they were they were yeah experiencing a vibe trying to put out a vibe maybe it didn't catch on to everybody i think that people listening to us here today should go back and listen to that show and assess it i um, agree from you know today's point of view i want to point out something that bug was also new at this time. And before I saw it, and I don't remember right now when I first saw it, but this before is the second I saw bug it, ever, right. That's crazy. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah. And I didn't see it that summer. Um, so I, I was asking my friends. So my, a couple of my friends, uh, Scotty and John did most of the tour and taped it. Scotty taped it. And I remember asking John, so Scotty would tape it, tape the shows. John had the rig to transfer them and I would go get tapes from him. And I remember it's like, what is bug? Tell me, what is, what does the song bug sound like? He just, he looked at me, he just said, doesn't matter. Like, no, but what does it sound like? It doesn't matter. He trolled me with that for like, I don't know, a while. Um, That's so good. Yeah. It's crazy to think that this is the first time I heard it live. A song that just seems like it's been around forever, you know? Yeah. I could totally see just like looking at this set and as we talk through it, how this would be obliterated on the internet the next day. If, if there was Twitter yeah. in, in 1999, cause it's just, it's such a vibe in the middle of the set. And then it almost feels like, I mean, you enjoy myself, I think is a great call to close any set, but it does, you, you could see the argument be made that like, okay, we, they, they played a, mellow quiet set this is these aren't my words this is just projection like they they played a bad set is i'm guessing a lot of people felt so just throw us yam because you enjoy myself is going to make everybody happy i like this middle section of the show and i like how it ends with you enjoy myself because tying 2001 a song that's been with the band for six years now and has like expanded to where their sound is and then playing a set that is right in line with where their headspace is at this point in time and then giving us the fish song it just yeah. feels very thematic to me um it feels like traditional fish meets current day fish at that point in time and i just i like that vibe i like that energy of it and You've got like a slightly extended Nirvana segment in You Enjoy Myself, tying it thematically to the larger part of the set. Really danceable jam segment, kind of start stop. The Washafitsi is over the bass groove that they have at that point in time. I feel like, you know, had they not played the second My Left Toe, how excessive, um, they could have played a little bit of a longer <laughs> jam there that, that people like, you know, I don't know, RJ, you might have enjoyed a little bit more. Yeah, but he would still have been done by the vocal jam. Um, but <laughs> this vocal jam is actually good. Honestly, though, this this vocal jam is good, and I, you know, I don't like vocal jams either. But this one is actually good. I mean, this whole yam is amazing, and the the jam chart review just says like Mike, like a stretched out mic, and it's so true. I mean, it's just this energy. There's like super energy in the song, which is funny because they've just played such a vibey show, and then they come in and just deliver this like super high energy yam. With this, like, yeah, just 
they're so funky and the band is so like light and high pitched and then Mike is just like laying it down. I can't believe I got to dance to this in real life. I'm just like happy for myself. However many years ago, great job. But the vocals <laughs> like great. Like there's like a, it sounds like like killer, it sounds like a swarm of killer bees or something. I don't even know that like humans can make those noises. Like it's really weird. <laughs> it's crazy and it's cool. It's a good yeah, ending to the, the set. I think we need a well, I just think we need a soundboard of this to really evaluate the you know that's a good 20, point. 20 to amazing. 30 minutes of non-music here and, and really like <laughs> you know. I mean just, just by just by definition of you know instruments being music. I'm just saying, and I'm not saying it in a bad way. RJ, do you hate do you hate the show, RJ? No, not at all. I thought it was great. I just <laughs> just wait till we talk about what the song that comes next. I thought it was very, um, a, a great show, super, like, very fun. I mean, you have to understand, we've been doing this for 10 years. I mean, like, can, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of nuance to these perspectives. I think, just, totally you know, with you too. Yeah, I'm just I know. Saying, I we don't have time for nuance. We only have three hours in this episode. I know, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just think there was, there's a lot in 99 that is, that is, um, let's just say that saying that, like, you know, all these ambient jams in 99 are equal is the same thing mm. as saying that all, that it's all noise. Yeah, I agree with That's that. That's a fair point. I totally That's agree so with that. I think there's mm -hmm. like, there's a lot of difference in a lot of these shows. And I, I think, think, I think, I don't think they cared that much. I think, I don't think Trey cared that much this summer. I don't think he cared that much. I think he was having fun. He's, he said it was sloppy. He has said, I don't know that he, were, yeah. you know, his memory is that best, but he's admitted like, I wasn't working on the set list. It was People might have heard a lot of sloppy fish that year. Yeah. I mean, I do wonder, because they announced Big the... Cypress about two and a half weeks from now, um, mm -hmm. from this point, from this show. So they're clearly working on Big Cypress. They clearly know that that's happening. And they clearly have the numbers in their head that are like, we can bring... Brian said this in the chat earlier, like, why do they think, why are they the center of attention? Because they know that they can draw 80,000 fish fans down to central Florida for the millennium for a show that, oh, by the way, we're going to play an entire set of music overnight. Like, yeah. there's an arrogance to where this band is at this point in time. I totally agree with you, RJ. And there's also a sense of like, they're not coming into 99 the way that they came into 96, which mm -hmm. 96 coming off of the peak of 1995, there was a sense of let's figure out what's next, which led to a lot of the up and down nature of 1996. They didn't come out of 1998 after arguably two of the strongest years in their history and say, okay, now what's next? They kind of just doubled down on the sounds and just let the sounds and the zones take them. I personally like happen to really like where the the direction was but i can totally understand that like a how many times can you get yourself up to like reinvent yourself and be totally know, motivated about right? it you know that's that's just like not not i mean the great athletes they win a title and they the next year they they don't play as well or they don't their team doesn't go as far because it's just freaking exhausting to do that sort of stuff and b they're planning probably the career defining moment of of all of this of 40 years of fish and i you know while they're not focused on the logistics in july you know the band isn't focused on the logistics they are probably thinking in the back of their mind like that's where we're going right now like that's the biggest thing that matters this year not necessarily mm -hmm. these shows in charlotte 
and in uh, Great Woods and in Pittsburgh and Albany, all these venues we've played a bunch of times that people are just going to keep coming to. I, I, I yeah. hear what you're saying. I don't really think that's what's happening here. And I think the evidence on the table is that this show is not bad when I listen to it today. And totally. the next three nights are also pretty good. And other shows from this tour are all pretty good. Um, right. So well, they, they are still delivering. They're yeah, I mean, that's delivering the thing. Even and delivering not, unlike yeah. a top five jam of RJ's on RJ's list a couple yeah. nights after this. I just um, want to say, John, it was good that night too. I wanted you to continue, but I want to say that like three years ago, Tom said, will you make me a playlist of your top five fish jams of all time? And I, it took that very seriously. It took me a long time and it hasn't changed since then. And two of the five are from 99. So I just want that to like, wow, I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying that What's 99 is like, well, that's a, the, save it, save it. That's, okay. that's a whole other episode. We should. Okay. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> That was so Chicago. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, I get yeah, no, and I'm and I'm not here refuting you uh, so much, RJ. I mean, you, you, this is some of this is for you a matter of taste, and that's if yeah, you yeah, don't have you any. Can that's refute cool. me all you want, but I don't uh, care. Brian, I am refuting I his the theory. I don't necessarily think that Brian is asserting that fish didn't care; or they had bigger things on their mind. I don't think you're asserting that so much as postulating the possibility um i think that uh i just don't i don't i don't buy it um but not every show is for every fan i think megan made a great pick i, I love it she, <laughs> i think she made a great pick because i think that this era and we're going to get into this over basically the next 10 years or the next 10 episodes like this era is is it good or is it not good? Are they playing shit? Right. Yeah, or true. are they playing? Yeah, great? exactly. Um, you and know. you can still find moments that are spectacular in 100%. all these shows. And that's what's so incredible about this band. Even when they're not rehearsing, when they're not writing down set lists, when they're you know dealing with outside stressors, when there's lots of substances involved, when the scene is kind of fucked up, they still deliver in moments that are transcendent. So it's Even cool if to find these shows. Of noise. Yeah, it's still transcendent. Even if it's cool to find these shows that like maybe aren't kind of like the most talked about show and get to pick it apart. So that's why I want to do it because I love doing that with you guys. And I was super excited to hear kind of the conversation that evolved from it. And all of this leads to – well, sorry. Go ahead, RJ. Nothing. No, no. Go, go, please. All this leads to – now I need to know. Where, where, all where does this- it lead? The encore. Do you need a cliffhanger? All of this leads to all these drones, this zony <laughs> space, ambient music, of course, leads to of course. a bar band jam of <laughs> Awesome and a Funky Bitch with Derek Trucks on slide guitar in an encore that does not match the show at all. No. But I really love that it's there. It not, sounds it, not, cool. not even close. Not uh, even close, year old. it's great. 20-year-old it, Derek Trucks. it stands up. Wow. It stands uh, up. Wow. He kills it. He slays. It's I mean, so Trey, good. Trey loves Derek Trucks. Like we know that. He, I think he loved him then. Who doesn't? Like what a, the the most one of the most lovable musicians like of all time, really. And man, it's cool. It's cool to hear possum. The best possum ever, probably. Probably, <laughs> just, honestly, probably. <laughs> I'm just gonna take really quick. Best possum I ever saw live. Comment here. 
And I'm going to say we should do a bonus episode after next week's episode that is our top five gems of 1.0 because – Oh, yeah, yeah, 1.0. I'm, this is going to be so much work for me. I'm going to just – Okay, but don't make me do a top five gems of 2.0. Or no, how about 2.0 and 2.0? How about Brian and I do it, and then Megan and Jonathan refute our lists? <laughs> if you don't want to do it yourself, you can just tell us what's wrong for with For 2.0? Possible. Fair. I, yeah. I, will, I will. No, that's super fun. I love that. That one. Yeah, that'll be fun. But yeah, no, this is um, this is Chugal. We're returning. Like, time is a flat circle. We return exactly. to the back on the train, uh, the Chugal vibes. Um, I wrote <laughs> my only note. <laughs> During the funky bitch was <laughs> perhaps the most basic encore on paper, but Derek Trucks adds the necessary fire to it. That's how I feel about these songs versus their performances. He elevates what we're getting. He does. It's so he cool does. to hear him come in and on these on on his solos on these tracks. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's cool stuff. to hear them. So it's it's cool to hear him echo Trey's phrasings and the and yeah. The, yeah. But with his own totally. very distinct. But with voice. his own, it just mm-hmm. sounds totally. It's almost like an effect, you know, like it. It's like I a know. weird. Pet, it's almost like a like a boomerang thing that just like, but it sounds totally different. It's great. It's a good ending to a to a show that yeah, like you said, Brian does not does not at all <laughs> fit in the vibe sense. of the show. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's kind of awesome though. I dig yeah. it. I just want to. I think it's important to close this episode with a with a review from um a, a, a fish.net user who some of you have probably heard of rj i think you've heard of uh a, a man named timber carini who oh, says yeah, of um, course when any fellow fan asked me to recommend a 1999 show that demonstrates what i mean by ambient jamming i send them to this 7799 mind eraser of a show if they are with me at the time in the car or at my home, I stop what I'm doing. I imagine he does this uh, and put on the seven seven ninety nine no second question. set. This is the all caps perfect ambient jam filled show from the era. Many many other shows from ninety nine have jaw dropping ambient jams and entire sets filled with incredible ambient improvisational jamming, but very few have the complexity and continuity of this two set. Apparition from the steamy underbelly of America. Ooh, the underbelly. <laughs> Here we go. Let's go. Let's it is go. North Let's Carolina. do it. Jimmy, I'm coming to your house. We're gonna do this. <laughs> I wanna I wanna hear it through his through this perspective. <laughs> um well all right. Well, you know what? I don't never mind. I was gonna say something but i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna go everything there. needs a comparison so i'm just gonna read you the the follow-up here from review <laughs> by creatures of the night this was the first time i heard Derek trucks he made trey look like a schoolboy, shredding <laughs> through the encore like there was no tomorrow was trey holding back for the kid this goes to show that even at the worst shows i've seen there are still nuggets of magic wow there you wow. have wow is that your <laughs> username, Creature of the Night, on uh, <laughs> Fish.net? Yeah, you know, you know me. Uh, you know while, me. while we're all up on the Fish.net stuff, this show has a 4.2 out of 5 rating. So I th- think people like it. I think people like That's it. That's interesting. People I definitely like it. Like it. Um, this is really this fun, is good, guys. I, this and is I hope app. that I, I saw people in the chat, our friends, incredible perp, Glenn, Andrew, uh, who else? Oh, Brian, of course, from Attendance Bias. Um, yes, 
I do think my perspective would change with the soundboard listen. I mean, I think even using like good headphones or a good speaker, I was probably listening through these AirPods. It, the the ninety nine shows are t- there. There's there's a lot there's a lot wrong with them. I think in terms of the audience recordings, I really totally do. agree. No, I, don't, I agree. I don't know it's hard it to is. listen it's, to. Yeah, yeah, but I don't uh, know. Yeah, yeah. Sound I would good. argue that re-listen is not the best. Got the best sources. No, but like the ninety seven and ninety eight shows still sound really, really good. I, I this mm-hmm. was something I was thinking about, and maybe we can bring it up next week because the, the the show we're going to cover next week that I've already selected and prepared for you all for this long weekend because I think about your time and my time when I value it when I select mm-hmm. these shows. So but the sound quality on this tape is freaking awful. And all of these shows from this era, you would just benefit from. And I don't mean any insult to tapers because maybe it was just really hard. Maybe Y2K was really fucking with tape systems. I don't know what it is. But, you know, there's just – there's a sense of it's too boomy. So you don't Mm -hmm. get the nuance. And that also, to your point, RJ, the way the band is playing does not complement a big room in the way that it does, um, you know – when you get to hear those the soundboard quality, you get to hear all the little bits and pieces that Trey and Mike and Paige and even Fish are throwing in there. I yeah, thought I that eight that minutes would sound totally different, RJ. Just are yeah. not giving it up for us, but there yeah. are some um, front of board tapes out there, and there's plenty of sources actually for all of these shows. But you have to go a little further than re-listen to find them. All right. I mean, I believe you. I think even like eight, ten, ninety-seven. I go back and I'm like, this is just. It's hard. It's hard to hear what what I know is there, you know, which is a probably a lyric that I should put into one of Jonathan's songs if you need it. We probably don't. <laughs> um, all right. Did we do it? I we think did so. it. Yeah. We're gonna be back next week. Um <laughs> next week we're gonna break up momentarily. Next week we're going on hiatus. Yeah. Um <laughs> We're done. What? It's over. We just we have we all have other projects we want to pursue. RJ, you know, Jonathan, Megan, and I met at the barn last weekend and decided mm-hmm. to go our own creative path. No, that's five years from now. Um, I'm going to give everyone out there a hint Ooh. of next week's episode. It comes the day after a live fish release from the year 2000. Wow. All right. It's a bit more than a hint, but all right. <laughs> just, why don't you just tell them then? They only need three minutes. Why don't to you just up, tell me but... the name of the show that you picked? <laughs> um, they played three releases in 2000. So yeah, it's going to be great. It could be any, it could be the one after the last show. We, you never know. All right. Guys, this is super fun. Um, <laughs> is there a fish show from 10-8-2000 that you know about? Yeah. Oh, you know about it. You're going to tell us about it. I can't, <laughs> wait. I can't wait. This is super fun, guys. I think there's so much more 99 that we should listen to. Thanks, Meg, for an awesome pick. So um, this is great. Yeah. All right, guys. See you all next week. Right up. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Hey you, do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Did you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, SoundTalentMedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, But we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The The Corner Corner of Gray Street. Street.